You're listening to Fight Stories. Ladies and gentlemen, assuming we have at least one female listener, welcome to another episode of Fight Stories. I'm your host, John Moses. We got a great episode for you today. Me and my co-host, Tyler Morrison, were in Caroline's on Broadway in New York City talking to Donnell Rollins. Donnell, you know him from The Chappelle Show. He's a great comedian and a pretty scrappy dude. So this is a real fun episode. Before we get in to this episode, uh, first Live Fight Stories event is happening January 25th, and uh, it's big. We got former Toronto Maple Leaf and New York Ranger Colt Nor, maybe the last true heavyweight champ in the NHL. And uh, Tyler has been digging through the vault for the last month in preparation for this show. So it's going to be great. You know, you know how we do. We like to get some on ice fights and we like to get uh, some off fights altercations. So this is going to be a fun one. Tickets are 25 bucks. You can get those by going to Laugh It Up Comedy Club, their website. I'm pretty sure it's laughitupcomedyclub.com. Google that or just Google Fight Stories Live with Colt Noor and uh, either that will come up or our Eventbrite link. We don't care which one you use. Now, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get to go to that event for free. You get to go to all of our events for free when they're in your area. And we also give you some shirts and uh, all of our comedy albums. If you can't quite afford that nut, but you still want to support, listen, you're going to look good in a Fight Stories t-shirt. 20 bucks Americano, $25 Canadian plus shipping. All right. Uh, I think that's it, guys. Enjoy this episode. Henri <laughs> exactly. I go. felt like out the gate they were like, "Oh, that sounds that guy sounds familiar." Yeah, I have one of those voices that can't be compared to any other voice. That's it, but my voice, very distinct. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, please, man! Thank yeah, you so thank much you for doing it. it. And uh, we we ran right up against that Manhattan fucking Christmas traffic and scrambled the park. So what you're telling your audience, you were late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so funny because this it was. The reverse stereotype? It is. <laughs> I know. I was super early. I know. I said, I And I was that only that. early just so you wouldn't be able to say, oh, God. <laughs> I, I was like, and then you was like, I, yeah. and then you were like, I, I know this sounds racist, <laughs> but you was black as fuck, son. <laughs> you said, yeah, yeah, I didn't anticipate all this Christmas traffic. I'm like, <laughs> so you're late. He was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't say anticipate. I wanted to be on time just so I wouldn't be late. So I know. You know the 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 the, 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 um, the myth about black being black people being late is, is just done now. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we uh, we're smashing stereotypes here on this show. Um, in addition to other types of smashing. Don't know. Um, and y'all white dudes with beard was making me real nervous. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those beards. Like beards. Yeah. White dudes with beards that drink IPAs, you better watch out, son. <laughs> 30% alcohol content, bro. Fuck yeah. you. Um, I forget who told me. That, oh, no, Donnell gets a little wild. He gets so far. Probably Marshall because we live together in like. The old Donnell. Yeah. Yes. Right. The old Donnell would be very competitive when he was performing, doing stand up uh-huh. on stage and off stage. Yes. But the new Donnell, especially after suffering a torn patella for trying to dunk on the eight foot rim, <laughs> <laughs> kind of shies away from any type of altercation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there was a time in my career where um, it was like, um, as they were saying, Brooklyn, let's get it popping. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple times I did get it popping. Uh huh. For for reasons that anybody would get it popping. I think this is what when I moved when I first moved from Washington D.C. I lived in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. In Brooklyn, New York, New York, you almost have to do something to get um, 
to get uh, validated as a Brooklynite or whatever. Uh-huh. And I remember I was doing a show. It was a little um, open mic spot on Brooklyn on on Fulton and Lafayette or one of those streets, Fulton and Lafayette. And I was on stage and I was letting the um, audience have it. Had a couple of hecklers and they kept on heckling me. And one dude, he just kept he just kept wanting to represent his barrel. He was like, "BX baby, BX baby." I'm like, "Okay, BX, but we in Brooklyn all day, son, every day. No shooting gates, do or die, bed style, Brownsville never ran, never will. Because if you ever spend any time in Brooklyn, you gotta have all those." Yeah. Say all those. Yeah, yeah. And you can't say that people are like you're not from Brooklyn. And he kept on yelling on um, BX. And then he came, he was he was approaching the stage, and I was like, This is not gonna end well, son, fall back. And he didn't fall back. And he tried to jump on the stage. And when he tried to jump <laughs> on the stage, I had already anticipated it going down. Yeah. And then my dudes were there too. So it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be a situation where I would lose. Right. You so know, he, he jumped be, on the stage. He tried to jump on the stage. Okay. Then when he jumped on the stage, it was the prettiest. You know how you have that combination you practice in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> you like you know you up mad about something and yeah. you're in the mirror all day like yo did I'm here with a big 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 black black that's a DC sound effect I'm here with a and he came he tried to jump on stage and I threw overhead right and the sweetest thing about it was I still had the mic in my hand so I got the sound effects oh yeah. Right, it was like, Ooh. and the best thing about it was like the Batman. Bam! It was like bam. <laughs> right, I hit him with an overhand right, and he was coming on stage, and he fell back, and I was coming off stage at the same time. By this time, people had started to break it up, but while while, and I took a couple other swings, but when I hit him, I still I kept the mic in my hand. Uh-huh. So I hit him. This was the dopest thing. If you're gonna get in a fight, sometimes you you, you lose where you are on your on your set. Yeah. But I hit him with an overhand right and then went right back to telling jokes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't miss a beat. And I'm telling you, I got so many chicks wanting to give me ass off of that. <laughs> Yo, it was yeah. like this. Oh, shit, son. He a real one, son. He a real one. And I remember this one of my friends, good good guy, and a pretty well-known dude in Brooklyn, Mateo, he's, he's passed away. I remember seeing him maybe two months after that at another show in Brooklyn. And he says, son, word to everything, Brooklyn all day, notion of gates, do or die, best die, Brownsville, never ran, never will. You have to do that all the time. Right? <laughs> he was like, yo, son, the realest shit I ever seen. He said, I've been following comedy for a while. But he said, the realest shit I ever seen is when you came off stage and you hit that motherfucker with an overhand right. He said, that's when Brooklyn fell in love with you, son. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I, uh, I think I was, I don't think I was, people didn't call me the mayor of Brooklyn, but for at least two years, I was. It was a, it was a great story. Oh yeah, yeah. right, right, right. And yeah, it made ripples. Right the story the story got to places before you did. Like you got yeah. there, they're like, yeah. ah. but it was just like, oh no, and it was like just, no, 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 don't argue, don't argue with him, son. He'll set it off. He'll set it off. <laughs> yeah, that was one. I had another one in um, Stanford. Well, you from Connecticut, right? I'm not from there, but I I, I know a lot about it. Like I've, I've played. I was in Massachusetts, so I played every little shitty town so up Stanford, and down. You know, it's like it's kind of a seedy. Yeah, place. yeah, parts of it. It's either really rich or really not rich. Yeah, I was in a really not rich area. Yeah. And it was a show. And I don't know, for some reason, hecklers, I think hecklers think they could just fuck with you and don't have to deal with the repercussions of it because you tell jokes, yeah. you know? Not right. to say I have hands. Not to say growing up, people's like, that motherfucker can fight. In fact, comedy was the reason 
while I didn't get my ass whooped a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, pe people can start a fight with you, but nobody wants you to give them a nickname for the rest of their life. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they try to become friends with the comedian, Who's right? Heel? Yeah, like, you know, you don't want to be dick-sucking Barry for the, for, the, for, the, for the rest of your life. But then I was... um. Uh, I was at a spot in Stanford, and I was I was on stage, and some people were heckling me. They were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and um, and at the time I was selling CDs. That was my little hustle. Uh -huh. So I gave um somebody a free CD. This was right right in the middle of heckling somebody. I said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, and I said, I want to give you this CD for free for being the ugliest motherfucker in Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> right? And did a dude. He was with this other dude. He was with the other guy. He said. And I said, and I want to give you one because I don't want you to go home and say, I'm ugly as shit. Why didn't he give me a, 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 a DVD? <laughs> and then as soon as I said that, the DVD that I gave the guys, they threw it. This guy threw it and it hit me in my face. Uh -huh. And I still kept my composure, but it was like a bar stool right beside me. I was like, oh, so you think it's kind of cute just to hit a comedian with a CD, you know, that's violent. I don't think this was a good idea. And right when I was saying that, he was looking at me. He thought I was going to be funny. And I grabbed the bar stool, and I hit him with a three, like I hit him with a roundhouse. Bloop! I love my sound effects when he fights. They always even a bloop or Some said, that's how black people always tell a story. Who the hell is something? And what do you say? Something said, bloop! And it was again, it was like, oh shit, that's that Brooklyn shit, son. And this was so dope. It didn't like everybody. Sleepy Floyd, he'll, he'll tell you this story. He was there. Everybody, shit, we was knocking tables over and shit. But the dopest shit was that we, our car was parked in the back of the club. So we made, and then we had ordered, this has nothing to do with the fight, yeah. but I had ordered some food to go, right? And it was so funny, right after we started the fight, right after I hit him with the bar, so I'm running in the back, people like, don't forget your food. They gave me the food. <laughs> we jumped <laughs> in the <laughs> car. <laughs> we jumped in the car. I was like, uh, I was like, yo, we 2 on 0 with these fights, bro. <laughs> but I was two great stage fights, yeah. man. Yeah, but I mean, another one, <laughs> this was in another spot. You got a special. Yo, you got I got a special, special worth of stage fights. No, this is true. And, and I'm not making this up. I used to do this spot. I don't know. Did you ever? I used to do a place called Poke Knockers. No, no, I never Poke did. Poke Knockers in Brooklyn. It was one of the hottest spots for comedy. Mm. And it was, it was a spot where all the most gangster dudes in Brooklyn went. And like, some of them didn't like each other, but the night was so dope. There were so many chicks there. It was so good. That it was almost like everybody called the truce. You know, I said, we yeah. would go in here and get some ass and just keep the, it moving. The pussy treaty. Yeah, that's right. Until yeah. the end of the night. Yeah. And I don't Somebody know what it is. It's a ceasefire. In the I go hard on stage. And I was messed with some buttons. Some people were giving me a hard time again. Yeah. And then this one dude, he was like, he was like, I, I ain't tripping off of you. I got money, son. And he just pulled out this wad of money, right, and started throwing it on stage, right? He said, I don't give a fuck about that money. I said, I guess he thought I was going to give it back to him. I said, you don't care about this money? He said, no. So I started walking around the audience. And giving it away. And giving it away to the women. And I know he was looking like, no, I was just joking, right? And then I went back <laughs> on stage. I was like, what you going to do now? He said, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this dude was... I don't know what his lifestyle was when he was in prison. I'm sure he probably did some jail time before. Yeah, I'm sure the but, money in the prison was connected. Yeah, yeah, it was connected <laughs> some kind of way. And, like, for some reason, I guess he was trying to question my manhood. And he... And he, and he and he tapped me on the ass like whatever, bitch. And 
I hit him with a two piece. But at the time, <laughs> man, our security. I was just about two piece. I hit him with a blue, blue, blue. Funny it is. Yo, but then I hit him with a two piece. And but we had our security was so gangster in this my son. Yeah. And it was Brooklyn security. And all I remember was I hit him with a two-piece, and then my dude was on his dude. And before he got from the back of the club to the front of the club, he didn't have no shirt on. His wallet was gone. Gold <laughs> chain was gone. Rings was gone. Everything, yo. They protected me and robbed him at the same time, son. And then our shit was so thorough that the dude felt, but once he found out how... How real it was then the dude came back and apologized with no shirt on or anything. Oh. I'm sorry I got out of plan or whatever. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's like a video game where you lose all your coins. Yeah, you lost everything. <laughs> not proud of those moments. Yeah, not oh, proud of no. those moments. We love those moments on this show. This is what the show's about. Not not proud of those moments, but at the same time, man, people have to know when you go to a show, I mean, just because a person's comedian, that don't mean they think everything is funny. Right. You know what I'm saying? And some people have had We're backgrounds. You know, some people have have had backgrounds where yep. they live for stuff like that. I'm not proud of any of those moments, but I am proud of the fact that um, in those moments that I didn't come out with a black guy, I uh-huh. didn't come out fucked up or anything like uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. And when people go back in the history of the thorough dudes, for some reason, I'm pretty sure that I could at least make top five of comedy fights. It's me and, <laughs> and, and a dude named Scruncho, all the California Scruncho used to put. I've heard of Scruncho. Yeah. In fact, I, I walked into him at the Ice House one time and, like, just on his reputation. I was like, hello. Yeah, what's going on, Scruncho? Yeah, yeah. but it's funny thing. Scruncho, is, he's a good friend of mine. He's a good guy. But yeah. it's the funny thing about it is, like, he'll uh, preach a Bible verse. And then knock you out at the same time. <laughs> My it's father like somebody took, stole his shit from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but, he says but your prayers for you. He's a he's a, <laughs> he's, he's a dope dude. Not again, not proud of any of those situations, but at the same time, you know, yeah. At the end of the day, a brother might become a street legend because of that shit. That's right. Yeah. But and also, you know what street legends get you prison time. So maybe yeah. I want to maybe I want to like you know another street legend. Rayful Edmonds is another street legend. Rick Ross is another street legend. All of them. Oh right. Not trying right. to go that direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got out just in time. Yep. But also, it's like we go into these p- situations, and it's like you're at a comedy club, and you got maybe maybe you got security there who actually looks like security. Sometimes you right. just got some teenage kid like, uh, sir, can you pipe down? Yeah, but security don't move fast enough, bro. Right. Yeah. I mean, security don't. I I, I did. I can't remember where it was somewhere, and I was trying to. Um, this guy was being really really obnoxious in the show. Big white dude. Big one of them strong like chop wood type of motherfuckers oh, yeah, yeah, would yeah. make America great again hat. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We made it more intense. <laughs> you know, and this guy was like, um, he was going back and forth with me, and I, and I and I was in the audience. I like the fact that I'm hitting to security. I'm like, yeah, man, like this guy right here. I'm buying time. I'm like, so is security ever going to fucking show up? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I I didn't I didn't think that we were gonna get in a fight. But I just didn't like somebody with that type of energy being that close to me. And I'm like, yeah. what does it take for a motherfucker to get kicked out of here? You know what I'm saying? Well, I got to get, a, I gotta get punched in the face first yeah. for security to come protect me. Come when, and when you're on stage, you can read that energy faster than the security can because you're hypersensitive in that moment of, like, you know, reading the crowd. And yeah, and I, and I was on. telling and I mean, I was trying to hint. You know, get them right. time to move in. Right. And at the same time, it, they took so long, I had to say, okay, here's the hint. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, because somebody come over here and hold this situation down. You yeah. Know? Well, and that's and that's in a situation where there is, you know, those places in Brooklyn, we, how many shows have you done where there's no security? Dude, right. You know? It's, it's not just, security. It's, it's man's is in them. Right. Right. Yeah, right man's right. is in them could be security. But a lot of people <laughs> that have uh, don't know how many it takes to be a man's. 
Because you would say something like, that's my man's, it's one person. Or right. I think man's could be from one to like 10 black guys. <laughs> yeah. And them, it's like man's and them, I think that'll go from like 10 to 15. That's the math of man's. <laughs> Gotta explain it to you. Yeah, no, this, this is a, there's a lot of learning moments in this podcast. Um, I hope not, not by me. If you if you if you look at learn something from a comedian, you are fucked up. You about to fight yourself if you try to learn shit from a comedian. Yeah. Um, also, sometimes you just gotta go off of like the goodwill of an audience member. You're like, man, this guy's feeling me. I hope he's like the one guy to stand up. If this no, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's like. Um, People want to see a comedian get fucked up. Yeah, now, you know, especially now. especially if you're a comedian that like 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 does a lot of crowd work and fuck with the audience. They just like people going to NASCAR race and shit. They go for fun, but they want to see somebody crash. Yeah, and they want to be able to say to a comedian, "Yeah, I bet your ass shut the fuck up now." You know, <laughs> but the shit, the only thing to do that shit can make you stronger. And go, since you beat me up, I'm gonna destroy you now. Right. And now with social media, you can yeah. turn somebody up in the audience on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can just go in on them. Yeah, 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 and never stop. Yep. Wasn't there something with you? That was your show in Philly, wasn't it? When there was some like chick who got fucking kicked out, and the cop was like, oh, that was out. another fight. The other fight. <laughs> no, this wasn't. This wasn't um, chick getting kicked out. I had oh. I had done um, <coughs> helium. I was working at helium. Yeah, this was. And recent. I went out. Yeah, maybe like a year. Not yeah. not too recent. About a year ago, and um, I went out to this diner, and um, I was in a diner, and I went oh, out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I went out to uh, go smoke a cigarette. I left my jacket in there, and left my bag in, and then the woman that was uh, the hostess or whatever tried to accuse me of trying to run out on my tab. Right. You know, it's like, no, you're not going to run out tab. You got to pay. I'm like, lady, my bag is on the inside. I'm having a cigarette. And this was the time, this was right before, this when Donald Trump was uh, campaigning. Mm. And the energy in Philly was awful. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that just to, as a black guy, just mad no, at any no, Trump no, no. supporter, but it is what it is. It was yeah. It was at the height of lock her up, mm-hmm. you know, all yeah. this bullshit. And then, like, this, it was just crazy energy. And I was in the middle of the festival, and there was like a group of people on the inside not really knowing what was going on, and they kept on, they was like, kick them out, kick them out. And I was, I don't ever go anywhere where I don't get love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was weird. Like, and I looked inside, and nobody, everybody was chanting, get them up, get them out, lock them out, lock them up. And then there was this white dude in the middle. He came in, and this motherfucker just pushed me out of nowhere. Yeah. And I mean, I was in there, I felt like, I didn't have back from anybody. I would feel so fucking furious knowing that I'm in the right and then having this little fucking mob against me. That's yeah. when I would lash out. And then out. I swung yeah, on yeah. dude, and then their staff, when the staff was big dude, he came out, and he swung. If you look at the videotape, it looked like I got knocked out, but it didn't. It wasn't a knockout. Yeah. I tripped over. <laughs> I tripped. You know, everybody like, no, nah, that ain't what happened was. What happened was, watch, it was a banana peel. No, but I did. If you look at it, I tripped, and I, I, I fell, and I fell backwards. And that it got TMZ yeah. did the story. It was a big deal, and it was messed up because before that show, I wasn't a huge fan of Philly. Yeah. But then that weekend, I had good shows. They were all sold out. The yeah. energy was right. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll give Philly a yeah. second chance. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe I was wrong. And I was like, and I don't dislike them because you can't like blame a couple people. And, and and make them responsible for your thoughts on everybody right, else. Right, right. But it wasn't. It was. It was an unfortunate incident. Luckily, I didn't get hurt. I got a 
big TMZ exposure, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. good, or, good or bad, it's TMZ exposure. I saw you somewhere saying, like, when the first time TMZ came around, you were like, oh, get away from me, get away from me. But then, like, inside, you're like, oh, my God, TMZ. Yeah, because, you know, you know what it is, TMZ, TMZ, as much as people want, don't want to believe it, TMZ validates your celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's a million people that they could put on that show, and they don't. They only choose people. Uh, people that are interested in people get in trouble, they're high-profile people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in, be recognized and, by them. Yeah. But I, in the defense of TMZ, I'm not, I'm not mad at TMZ because as much as I've been on that sh- show, program, uh-huh. um, they're always fair to me. Yeah. And they always, whatever story I'm in, if it's trouble or not, they always put some type of funny spin to it. Uh-huh. You know, they're they not trying to, I haven't done anything where they just couldn't defend me. But, you know, for well, me, I, I tell people piece. all the time, I got, with for me, I got two TMZ interviews, me in the daytime uh-huh. and me at nighttime. In the daytime, man, I'm answering questions like a politician. Yeah. You know, what do you say? I beg your pardon. You say that to say what? I beg to differ with you. Yeah, Let me have the camera. That's coming off the airplane from LAX. Yeah. But when they catch me coming out the clubs in, in, in LA, yeah. And I don't know if you know how hard it is to get sober in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Donnie, I'm like, that's what I'm I remember one time I talked to them so long. That they just turned the camera off and said, Donnell, get home safe. <laughs> they was like, we've got all the shit we need from you, done with you. Yeah, yeah, take it off. They're but, just waiting for a good cut point. They did, And it's not because I'll stop. Yeah. Dave Chappelle even said, he said, you the only motherfucker I know get drunk and want to talk to the TMZ cameras. <laughs> <laughs> they want, but the truth comes out. But again, they haven't, they haven't been bad to me. I haven't been in no crazy shit. Yeah. You know, but. Well, that's you know. it. You said like they always treat me well, you know, but you, you're like, you know, you're still. Of character, right. they're treating you well because you're not out there being fucking wild, being an asshole, yeah. lighting yourself on fire, and you're fucking with your camera people too. No, right. they haven't caught me lighting myself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> TMZ, I think I'm gonna get a hustle, man. I'm gonna get a hustle, just go around yeah. and get my own camera and fake a fight. Yeah, boop, 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 and just sell that shit back to TMZ. Let me get ten thousand for that. <laughs> yeah. Now, shout out to the whole yeah, TMZ crew. Bag, they've, been, they've, they, they've been, they've been, throughout my career, they've been. They'd be cool. And it's so funny because I first started being on the show, they always had to say, you know Don Aaron Rollins from Chappelle's show, then they show an Ashley Larry clip or whatever. Yeah. But I've been in so much trouble yeah. and been in so many incidents <laughs> that they just say, you know Don Aaron Rollins, the motherfuckers are on again. Yeah, from here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> this but is just, credit now. But they're, they're cool. They're, they're good people. And, um, I mean, people fucking love TMZ. Yeah. You... You said like you when you grew up like you weren't. It's not like you were particularly good at it. I understand. That. I've been in a lot of fights. I'm not like a trained guy. I'm not particularly good at it. Right. But um, I know you were in the military for a little bit. Yeah, and like four years. If you're sitting there in the mirror and you're like throwing hands, just the fact that you got a two piece, uh, you know, ready and waiting. So sort of how did that come about? Like were you always sort of fighting as a kid? Is that no, something you learned in the military? Off, everybody from the D.C. area. I grew up between D.C. and Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. Everybody in the DC, they think they can, they boxers. Okay. You know, you talk to anybody in DC, they go into their boxing stand and they do no sound effects. Yo, what happened to the fight? I hit him with a sister, sister, blicka, 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 blicka. You think you can, you think you can fight and you never know when you have to defend yourself. So you shadow box with yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You look in the mirror and you, you, you're you not waiting for the opportunity, but if opportunity comes up in your mind, you think this is a punch you're going to hit. But it's something about being in somebody's face 
and then somebody snuff you first. Like you think you have all, all the combinations you want, but if somebody pop one off on you first, you yeah. you like hold on, slow down. Let me go in the corner. <laughs> Let me get a time out before I come back. But I never was, Ooh. I never was a trained boxer. Don't even like I say. Don't even say I had a. Growing up, I didn't have a crazy win record. Probably was like even if anything, uh-huh. but I wasn't afraid to fight. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I was talking to some I was talking to um Scarface. The rapper Scarface. Yeah, never we seen a man day, cry until I seen a man die. Yeah, and we were we were talking about Tupac. He was like, nigga, he said Tupac couldn't fight. He said, but he would fight and he wouldn't stop fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, he said it was like you was like, man, I don't wanna have to fucking fight this motherfucker for three days straight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he <laughs> and like one thing I would say about DC Ernie, one thing about DC people, one thing I always say, they always say, uh, we, do you have heart? That was a big thing, yo. He okay. got heart. Like even if you couldn't fight, yeah, they people would respect you. You had heart enough to fight, uh-huh. and you wouldn't run away from a fight. I think that's the worst thing, running away from a fight. That might be a young man's mentality. Right. When you get older, you figure out different ways to fight. You know. Right. Right. You fight right. in court. You fight with your success. Right. You fight with other things. When you're young, you were high. I want to kick his ass. When you get older, you're like this. I know what I'll do. I'll book three movies this year and just make him feel like shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll get one of the I'll date the hottest chick and make you feel like shit. You figure out different ways to fight. Yeah, right, right, right. How to focus young, your like, energy. Fuck that. Let's go hands, man. After and those things are harder, man. Yeah. Those things like you gotta man, I got to the work. I got, I got two videos on TMZ with throwing a punch and not landing. <laughs> and every punch I threw did not land it. The next day, it felt like I threw my shoulder out. So I kind of yeah. put myself retired. I was like, yo, you can't, yeah. you can't do you this, this, motherfucker. Right. You know, next thing you know, I'm throwing a punch. Next thing you know, I got a sling and shit. Can't yeah. go tell jokes. Yeah, it's not yeah, even you, need to, you need to properly stretch now before you go throw the fucking punch. Yo, we on the podcast. Nobody care about the punk-ass giants, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get the fight about these punk-ass redskins. <laughs> Damn, man. we can't, Speaking about ass whoopings, the Redskins are getting their ass handed to them today. They got no heart. No heart at all. They ain't got no blick, 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 sickum, sickum, sickum. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Um, what about the military? What about it? You were in there for a little while. Any, any dust-ups in there? Oh, yes. I did. Military. Uh, I was I was in the Air Force for four years. Right. Stationed in Kunsan, Korea, Bowling Air Force Base. <clears throat> when I was stationed in Kunsan, Korea... I did my year, you do, it was a remote tour, which means you do a year. And then when you get closer to uh, leaving, you start, you make a calendar, like 30 day calendar, uh-huh. and you start coloring it out to see until you're, you're done. It's called your short time calendar. Uh-huh. And you go for like 99 days. Everybody does that? Yeah, everybody do it. It's just okay. a way to brag about you're about to leave. Okay. And I had got down to, and the closest you get to leaving, you talk shit about the people that are still there. Even if it's like somebody's got three <laughs> weeks left, you got two weeks, you'd be like, you got three weeks, motherfucker, I killed myself. I had three weeks left. <laughs> right? And I got down to one day, and I went out that night. I had already processed out of, I wasn't even a part of that base anymore. I did. I was literally going to catch a flight the next afternoon. So I went downtown and went out with some friends of mine, and um, we had some drinks. And then I was out in the street, got in an argument with this dude. One thing led to another. We got in a fight, a big-ass motherfucking fight. And um, 
I and I was a cop too. And it's so weird for me to say I left the scene. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I fucked this dude up, right? And I left the scene. And I had a Korean so girlfriend. Funny to think of you as a Yo, cop. I had this Korean. I know it's crazy. I had this, <laughs> and I knew I was in trouble. I had this Korean, and I got in this fight. I was like, fuck, I'm not even supposed to be here. And I knew I was in trouble. I was like, man, maybe I could just go to this girl's house and I'll sneak back on base the next day. So I went to her house. And she was like, Eggy, what happened? I thought you was leaving. Eggy, I mean baby, because I look so young. They used to call me Eggy. <laughs> she said, Eggy, I thought you was leaving. What happened? I was like, I got in a fight, Jen. And I tried to go on base the next day. And at the front gate of the base, it's military police that work that gate. Uh -huh. So I went in the morning, one of my dudes, it was so funny, but my friend was like, man, I don't know what happened last night, but you're in trouble, right? And that fight cost me. I had to, I was supposed to go home the next day. And I had to stay another 30 days because they didn't know if they was going <laughs> to kick me out. They didn't know what they were going to do. And um, I had to turn into, like, like real white guy. When they, you know, my drills, my, my, my uh, uh, first shirt, he was like, so what happened? And I was like, I can't just say I just got in a fight and fucked this motherfucker up. Yeah. So he said, what happened? I said, I said, um, it was a verbal <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> I went straight to white dude. Yeah. I was like, it was a verbal confrontation which ended in a light affray of punches. <laughs> and I think you were speaking like you were filling out a report. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, what happened? I said, I felt that my body was in imminent danger. I'm going to yeah. tell you, any black person that's ever, if you get into trouble, whatever, and it's always fights, remember, imminent danger means, see, I didn't know what imminent danger meant. I didn't know you could fuck somebody up. If you feel like you're in a bit. If you feel like you're about to get fucked up. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, man, find out, get the clear definition of Im imminent danger. And if you want to set it off, oh, felt that was an imminent danger, pop, 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 and you'll be good to go. <laughs> yep. And that that almost cost me. I didn't I didn't really have a career in the military. It was only for four years for me. Yeah. But that almost cost me getting kicked out or whatever. But, you know. Usually, all these incidents, alcohol's involved in some capacity. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah, you got to marijuana. Leave not so much. Yeah, you don't want to fight, yo. You, you, you marijuana, you want to fight, but not today. Yeah, right. you know, it's like, yo, yo, man, I swear, I'm gonna fuck you up next Sunday. <laughs> you know, but like, you're not in the moment like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, jumping on it. Yep. Um, one of the uh, one of the the greatest fight stories ever told, uh, especially on TV, best half hour of television I ever watched was oh, yeah. the uh, Charlie Murphy Rick James um, front kick. Oh yeah, when he put the fucking um, the, the the fingerprint in his head. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see it though, man. That Rest in peace, Charlie. You yeah, Charlie, Charlie so P. Charlie Murphy, man, was one of the realest. Dudes I ever met in my life. Uh -huh. You know how some people talk shit. Yeah. He was he talked shit. He backed it up. Me and Charlie, this motherfucker's gonna go so hard. When we were doing with Chappelle, um, when Chappelle uh, went away, yeah, and they still had an archive of of, of things sketches. that you guys had shot. Yeah, yeah. Me and Charlie were hosting, and Charlie wears glasses. For some reason today, he wasn't trying to wear his glasses, right? <laughs> and a teleprompter felt like it was like two blocks away, right? <laughs> and he kept squinting his eyes. He kept squinting his eyes and shit, right? Yeah. And I'm finally, and I mean, it was going bad. And I could tell he was getting a little nervous and shit. And I was like, motherfucker, why don't you just put your glasses on? And everybody started laughing. He's not one to be people laugh at him yeah. in yeah. a group setting. Yeah. Like an entire <laughs> 500 people laughing at Charlie Murphy one time. Yeah. <laughs> 
And he was like, okay, okay. He kept a smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> just winded right. up. Yeah, he was winding up. And then we yeah. took a break, right? And then we went behind the stage. And you could see, like, the silhouette of us, like, blah, 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 blah. He was like, let me tell you, he said, if you ever embarrass me like that, I'm going to fuck your motherfucking ass up. And I'm like, just, I'm like, Charlie, um, I don't think this is a good time for us to fight. <laughs> and Neil Brennan is looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? And I, could, I didn't, I could have, I could have, uh, I could have been like, well, what, what we gonna do? Let's get it popping. But yeah. he was in the middle of production or anything. It didn't yeah, make sense. It was sense. already dicey as it fuck. It was already dicey. by a thread. Already like um, the Chappelle show, and Chappelle didn't come from behind these curtains. Yeah, right. That was a tough thing for us to decide to host it, you know? Of but, course. And But I knew that, you know, without communicating with Dave, not knowing what direction he wanted to go in. Right. And still, that there were sketches that we were in and we had no communication with Dave. I'm like this. It would be good for people to see this. And if this is the last stand, it's the last stand. But how can you do it in a classy way? Right. And then we did, if you watch it, it wasn't like we were up there like we're about to take over. Oh, yeah, yeah, show yeah, yeah. Him. yeah. It was just like like when Charlie said, man, I'm, I'm sorry. It was so funny. Charlie was like this. I didn't really want to do that. I said, like, yes, I did, motherfucker. I need all the stage time I can get. <laughs> and then I started dancing and stuff. Yeah. It was like, it was a it was a very interesting moment because you don't know what to expect, but people were so much in love with that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That well, they yeah, didn't, yeah. Um, I don't think anybody else could have done that but me and Charlie. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bringing somebody else, it would have been... It had been. It wouldn't have been cool. Oh no, no, you know no! And I yeah. think it was like. And as a viewer, we always felt like this was like a temporary thing. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like, okay, anytime now he's going to be back, and they're going to continue rolling on. It's too good of a show not to. Yeah. yeah. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing, but it's it's weird how things work themselves out uh-huh. because <clears throat> that situation and decision Dave made to walk away on the show just put him on a level. Yeah. Of things the average person wouldn't do. Oh, yeah. And whenever I do interviews, I always tell people how great I think Dave Chappelle is. And I'm saying that as a comment that think, I think I'm great. Yeah. And then, you know, there's no, no competition or anything. But when you hear people talk about what makes somebody great, you ask yourself what makes you great and what makes them great. Mm-hmm. And I realized one of the things that makes Dave Chappelle great away from just the stand-up in our life not too often that we have a situation where we can we we can have what I call a Muhammad Ali moment, and no matter how funny you are or whatever, are you have would you have a moment in your life where you have to do something that questions your morals, right. your beliefs, and you have to stand up for something? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people won't stand up for anything because it's money. Money is a right. factor that makes you compromise a lot of things. Oh, it God. makes and people it, compromise their soul mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest. I don't know if I would have been strong enough to walk away from the show. Yeah. Me, and not knock a day's decision, but I would have tried to find something more compromising. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've never seen that type of money before. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, not to sell myself shorter or sell out, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if somebody's laughing at me, guess what? How can I fix this? You're fired. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's keep on with the show. But Dave, him walking away from the same situation when Muhammad, like Muhammad Ali moment with the, with the Vietnam War, and he said, I'm not going to do it. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? He walked away from it. Yeah, he was yeah. already great. I knew what you meant as that, soon as you said it. Yeah, yeah. That, made, that made him greater. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Dave yeah. Chappelle was always a great uh, comic, but that stance right, made yeah, him yeah, a great yeah. A man of great character. Right. And, you, um, and, and to make the comeback he did was crazy. And we were just talking about it. Man, that's, Dave was 
not just a coworker, he's one of my closest friends, right? Yeah. And we we're just talking about to come up and hustling and stuff like that. And he was like, shit, man, when I was um he told me, he said, man, shit, before I went to before after the Chappelle show, he said, he said, I was broke. I only had five million dollars. I'm like, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> the level of brokenness. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> no, no, nigga. Broke is nothing in bank account, nothing yeah. in savings. Yeah, yeah. No overflow. No, he was like, man, yeah. I only had five million. I'm I got, like, I got three fifty left on my credit card. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I only had five million. I just bought a two million dollar house. I'm like, oh, the problems we have. I you know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. But the motherfucker came back. Yeah. And killed it. Yeah. Came yeah. back and killed it and continued. And, and can you imagine, like, for you to be at the level, like, the level he was and the level that show was, to go away for as long as you did and to come back and not even lose a beat yeah, and oh, keep it amazing. moving? Yeah. And people, it's so funny with that show, and it's hard for me not to talk about the show because it's one of the of course biggest moments and situations in my life. You know, people talk shit. Well, how long are you going to ride on that? It's been so-and-so. Man, if if... If it wasn't pop culture keeping the Chappelle show alive, yeah. if it wasn't for diehard fans keeping the Chappelle show alive, it's one of those shows that you can't just say, you just, you just can't forget about it. Right. You it know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't a blip on the radar. It wasn't it was a, a blip. Massive right. monumental It thing was massive. Comedy. And people are like, oh, Donnell, you haven't done, I've done a lot of shit since Chappelle show. I did a lot of shit before Chappelle show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that I was lucky enough to be on an I iconic show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, uh, I'm sorry for creating some of the funniest characters in the history of sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? That show is not going to go down like a sketch show. It's going to be like one of the dopest in the history of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even in that show, if you if you look at that show, like even at the end, I'm rich, bitch. Yo, that's a phrase that will be embedded in the history of sketch forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. when I go place, people yeah. are like, yeah, the Ashley Larry stuff. I'm like, that. I'm like this, man. Listen, I did my thing. I did my thing on that show. As much as people say that if it wasn't for that show, you can look at different different ways. You you could be like, if it wasn't for that show, and you also could look at if it wasn't for the producers of that show, if it wasn't for the writers of that show, mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the wardrobe of that show. Right. It's a lot of people that make a show happen. Right. Of course, Dave Chappelle is the marquee name. Yeah. He's the star behind it. But with any show, any show that you see that's successful, Seinfeld, it's his name, right. but it's um, it's David. Um, yeah, don't Larry, David. Larry, David. Larry David. It's right. everybody. It's yeah. everybody and, you know, to, that contributes to something being great. Yeah, right. there's a lot of working. No, pieces. but you know what? You could even say, like, of course, Seinfeld made Kramer, but Kramer also made that show Seinfeld. Right. Seinfeld without Kramer. You right. Know? It's a, and it's the thing. It's one hand watching. <clears> that's just the negative energy. But <clears throat> with that said, you know, I keep on. I'm, I'm always, after doing it for 25 years, Yeah. I don't. Think there was ever well, I mean a, that's a year where I wasn't relevant in some sense. Of that the was world, a huge. You know? That's a huge credit. And to say like, when are you gonna, you know, stop riding that? It's not like you're going up on stage and talking 35 minutes. I don't even. That's the funny thing about it. I'll do shows, and people will come up to me like this. Oh man, we was waiting for you to say it. Right. There is no. There is when I do my stand up. Yeah, you're a guy that's always turning out new stuff and like. Yeah, there's on the, no on reference. The edge, there's no the reference yeah. to it. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, right. I might. Uh, I, well, the only thing that like when I was people start yelling and stuff, I'm like people are like, you gonna be ashy for like your whole life. I'm like, man, I, I was ashy before Chappelle show. 
Yeah. The reason why that dude was ashy because I related to me as a kid shooting dice and how I used to come home and my mother used to say, you've been shooting dice? I'm like, no. She was like, yes, we have. Look at your knees. They all scratchy and ashy. <laughs> so when the character, when we was doing it, that character wasn't ashy. Mm-hmm. I made him ashy. Somebody said, Donnie, what are you going to do? Dave was like, what are you going to do to prepare for the role of ashy? I said, just take a shower and dry off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give me 15 minutes out the shower. I'd be the ashiest motherfucker on this set. Yeah. You know, but I had a good time with that. I had a good, I had a good time yeah. with all the things I've done in my career. But I will say that was like, that set was so much, so much fun. It was like, there's nothing like work with somebody that really believes in you, trust your comedic sensibility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And trust you to be able to do, because they didn't really write too much dialogue for me on the show. Right. They would just put sun. And just just let me go. And I, 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 I'll say, ninety percent of the things that I said on the show was just all ad libs. Oh, really? Yeah, but That's nobody. The only time somebody's gonna let you do that to give that much freedom if you hitting the home runs with it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's you right. go outside and you don't hit. They be like, yeah, yeah. You, you try like that this. once. You don't do yeah, that. Yeah, they be like this. Yeah. Um, it says right here. Could you skip? <laughs> can you stick to the script? Like, okay, I'll get back on 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 script. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, were there any were there any Charlie Murphy stories or like fight stories sort of left on the on the thing on the on the shelf sort of that they were like they were gonna get to and never got to because that was like, such a classic fucking segment. No, not that I know of. Okay. Not that I know. I mean, but the, the stories were in the green room talking to Charlie. Charlie, like, yeah, this dude, it was like that sketch had to happen because we would be on lunch break and he would just share these stories mm-hmm. and Dave would look at him like. Is that real? Yeah. <laughs> Charlie don't lie. He might stretch the truth a little bit. Yeah, you know like any, yeah any good but, comedian. But, yeah. you know, can you, I can't even imagine being Eddie Murphy in the 80s and being Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy, when Eddie was blowing up, yeah. was in the Navy. Can you imagine you in the Navy and your son and your, and your brother becomes the biggest comedy star in the world? How bad you want to get kicked out? Oh yeah. yeah, you just yeah. trying shit to get kicked out. <laughs> yeah. so you can go and be with yeah. your, but um, they with said Charlie was like Charlie used to be um Eddie's security. Oh really? Yeah, but Eddie had to fire him because Charlie took everything too personal. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. people would heckle Eddie and Charlie be like, "Yo, you say one more thing, I'm gonna push your teeth in the back of your motherfucking head." <laughs> you know? Charlie is show up with a motherfucking gun, and Eddie is like, "This, this is not a fucking movie, bro." <laughs> you talking about the the ultimate big brother, and yeah. that's the type of person he was. Not just with Eddie, like if he loved you, yeah, that's how he would he would ride for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a great guy. Yeah. So yeah. I, <laughs> the first time I ever met you was at your party. And, um, Which party? This was a party nine years ago. Oh, Upper East Side. Yeah, yeah. At oh that place. man, that was the that was party. a great yeah that was a great party. And there was like this moment where you had that tarp stretched out, right? And there was a hole in the tarp. And the motherfuckers put the umbrella. Me, I put you the, did the umbrella. umbrella? <laughs> there was no, some you, guy. Yo, you don't understand. Wait a minute. Give him the backstory. Yes. First off, there was I had to, I had this dope apartment Upper East Side, and it was like a bi level joint at a yeah. terrace. It was dope. It was dope. It was dope spot. And um. And had a backyard. Nobody has a backyard in Manhattan, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're having a 4th of July party. The party started on the 4th. People left on the 6th, you know? <laughs> and, like, everybody's yeah. like, you ain't going to, this party ain't going to work. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. And I thought, I had five, I thought ahead of time. I went to Home Depot, right? And I got this big-ass blue tarp. You remember that, Yeah, right? oh, yeah. You I, rolled I, it out from, like, the second because floor I bought this. I bought this, <laughs> I bought this, I bought this tarp because we were, I had to build this bar, and we, we had used a tarp to cover the bar because it was raining all week. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of way, we was we got 
lazy and we cut a hole in it, right? So it started raining, right? And everybody was like, I was I was telling people this is the best party you've been to. And the haters was like, haters were like, yeah, but it's about to rain on you, son. And it started drizzling a little bit, right? I got on loudspeaker. I said, look, I know the haters think the party's gonna be over, right? I said, but this party is rain, snow, sleet, hell, whatever. We having a party. I said, I have a tarp over there in the corner. I said, I need every able person to help me put this tarp <laughs> over this yard, right? Yo, it was like firefighters. You know how to do the chain thing with the buckets? Yeah. <laughs> this party was so dope, bro. Yeah. Everybody's like, fuck that. That's not going to stop. Am I lying? No, it was. Yo, people I, I started. That's something you did every day. I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. No, people yeah. sprung into action, bro. <laughs> they sprung into action. They started tying shit up. We literally covered. That tarp was huge. Yeah. We covered the whole backyard with a tarp. But earlier, I told you I had cut a hole in it. Yeah. So it was a hole. It was water coming in, right, from the hole. And I didn't on know it was you. Bar. But I'm going to tell you. Right, the hole you, was right on top of the When you bar. have a bomb-ass party, motherfuckers do everything to keep that shit going, yeah, right? Dude, I swear this to you. This motherfucker took an umbrella, popped it up <laughs> through it, opened it up. And just left it there. And left it, and it covered it up, bro. Oh, and we, yeah. we party, and son, we party. It felt like a Jamaican <laughs> club, bro. People, and before the, whole, before the hole was fixed up, we had bartenders, and the water was just, the water was just falling in here. Oh, dude, it was, it was like in slow motion. To a, to a bunch of electric, yeah. and I was just like, Yo, oh, God. We gotta do something. Yeah. Man, when I tell you that party was, and I'm not ex over-exaggerating, yeah. that party was the shit, son. <laughs> so, no, that party was banging. We had five grills, we had music going, and then we had, um, we had a, and then I was, I kept trying to kill a party. We had a projector, right? Yeah. And I was telling somebody, I was like, watch, I'm about to kill a party, because it was a brick wall, and so I said, I'm about to Show the party but through the projector on this brick wall. This motherfucker's like, if you do that shit, you the best, son. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> then the motherfucker, yeah. like, it was still raining, right? So we had the tarp up, tarp up. And then people was like, take it down, take it down. I was like, no, we gotta wait. So it, it got really steamy in there. And eventually it started raining. And then we took the tarp off and it felt like AC came in, right? People was like, yeah. And then I took the projector <laughs> outside so and I put the motherfucker, you could see the party on this big ass wall and people was leaning looking out of their windows like yo what's going on but my friends perverts and freaks right first they was showing the party the next thing you know you see fucking booty talk 29 all on the side of the building people projecting porno and shit but that party yeah. I'm so, so oh man let damn, me tell man. you what happens with that with the umbrella I pop the umbrella up it's like music's back on it's raging it's a moment this girl comes over to me and she was like oh hey like she saw the move and she was like hey right. it's Starts grooving on you me. You saved the party. Yeah, and then so we're like dancing a little bit, and then you come over like maybe five minutes later, and you go, "Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Murphy." And Charlie <laughs> came in. Yeah, and Charlie yeah. Murphy comes in, <laughs> and the girl looked at me and went, "I'll be right back." Oh, and she was on Charlie Murphy, dude, yep. like it was nothing. Yo, that part. I'm telling you, that party was, yeah. man. Yo, everybody at that party had a great time. Yeah. There yeah. was nobody. The only person didn't have a good time at that party. Was your neighbors. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, Ex-girlfriend of mine, right? Yeah. Because she was, I used to date her in Brooklyn. And she started, I started getting some success whatever. And, you know, I don't know if she still liked me or whatever, but she just did, it was just too many chicks in there. Yeah. It was just like, when I tell you, bro, every ethnicity, <laughs> every, it was just crazy. And this, she got mad at me. She said, Donnell, it's two bitches in your bedroom. You might want to get them to leave. I said, 
I think you need to leave right now. <laughs> you ain't gonna ruin this party. <laughs> that party was mad. Call we my had, mom. We had endless food. Yeah. We had endless liquor. And what's so funny, because the bar was started, Don B was bartending. Don yeah. B, a comedian, made $500 tip bartending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and it was like, the bar was getting um, a little depleted, right? Yeah. And then Charlie was there, and I was like, I'm like, who got the dough up in this motherfucker? Who could just restock this, this, this joint, right? So one of my friends, I won't say her name, whatever, she was like, she was helping me coordinate shit. She was like, I was like, Charlie wants to, um, Charlie wants to uh, buy some more liquor. And she was like, Okay, I'm gonna get someone to go with him. I said, no, he wanted you to go with him, right? And she was like, funny. I said, you gonna walk to the store with Charlie Murphy right now, right? And he wasn't like he just he thought she was cool, right? Yeah. This motherfucker came back, two thousand dollars worth of liquor, just stocked that shit, <laughs> oh. man. Man, this party, that party was that party was. Yeah. Damn, I'm mad. I don't have no images of that. You know shit, what? Man. Well, you kind of sort of do. You got some? No, but. Somebody introduced me to a commercial agent at the back of your party. Uh, Marshall was like, yo, come over here. I was talking to this girl. She's a commercial agent. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, I've got some ideas, whatever. I swear to you, six months later, Captain Morgan commercial, there's a dude at a party with a tarp and a hole with water coming down. And really? somebody takes the umbrella and puts it up and pops it down. You serious? I swear to God, that's oh, a man. thing. I saw that commercial and I was like, that's my Yo, that's so dirty, son. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I'm telling you, that shit saved the party. It was like, foop. Yeah. And it was so simple. And that it worked, man. It made that. You hear that, Captain Morgan? You want to sponsor this fucking podcast? I'm pretty right? sure. I'm pretty sure some some pregnancies were made that night. Some relationships were started that night. Some started, some ended. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just, and like I haven't done one in a while, but and like I love to cook, and for me, like I was working all the grills and making sure the food people. You're not having a good time, but for me, throwing a party is not about me. Yeah. It's about everybody else. Hosting. You know what I'm saying? You came like that. I know for your, like, I know you was like, who is it? this motherfucker? I oh, know dude. you was like, that part oh, was, that was the moment. I was new to New York, too, and I was like, I felt like it was about to, everything was about to change. <laughs> <laughs> that party was so, it was yeah, so much yeah, fun. Was we great. had a good time. People, Angela Yee was there, Charlie Murphy. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, yeah. I think Lenny Kravitz's daughter was up in there. We had it going on, bro. Yeah. It was dope. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. And no fights. And no fights. Yep. Yeah, no, <laughs> no fights. I think that's a good place to end. I think that's actually good for our listeners to, you yeah, know, you yeah, guys you, can go to a party and not have a fight once in a while. <laughs> but make sure you have a fucking umbrella to stop that rain. From yeah, that's right. But be a little prepared, a little emergency yeah. prepared. That was good that you brought me back to that story. That was a great story. That was a great yeah. time too. And I know all these people blowing my phone up about these punk ass goddamn redskins. <laughs> yes, yeah, time to go into hiding. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, no, man. Thanks so much for doing Thanks. it, Thanks. Continue to sex, man. I've, I've, you, man. I've been a fan of yours for Thank day you so much, one. Man. I really yes, appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for listening to another episode of Fight Stories. Listen, if you're loving this thing or, you know, you just like us as friends, subscribe, share, comment, and rate wherever you're listening. And, uh, you know, the best thing to do is just tell a friend. Support the fights. Fuck the arts.